Hello, James here, and welcome to the James Cast. So, what are we talking about today? I'm catching up again with Dr. Louise Lambert, and you will know that Louise and I spoke before. If you've missed that conversation, head back into the podcast, you'll find it. Louise and I are picking up where we left off because we were talking about positivity. We were talking about what that means. We were talking about how does it all work in the real world? And in this conversation, we actually try to operationalize it. So how can you make your workplace better in this time of change? That's where we're going. It was a lot of fun. Louise really makes you laugh. You're going to enjoy it. This is the James Cast. And we're catching up with Dr. Louise Lambert. I love the no rules. It's like just wing it and whatever. Well, it's it's planned, sort of. Sort I always of. have I always have a, a plan of where I want to go, and I've always looked General at stuff, thing. and then I kind of like the, you know, let's see how it all just fills in, as opposed to the rigidity. Sticking to the script. Yeah. 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 Well, and we'll we and we get we there, and we get there, and I think it just makes it uh, you know a whole bunch more interesting to yeah. listen to. And if it doesn't, we'll just do it next week. It always it's all I haven't I have never done a single thing in recording that's not been cool. Yeah. It's exactly. all work. It's always it's always worked. Uh, it'll we we just keep picking ideas up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we go. But I thought this one was kinda cool because it picks up. So we'll let well let's just do it. Let's just start. Because you okay. gotta go too, right? And that's my point today. It's like we're reimagining work. Why do we all need to be there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, silly because they built these giant buildings yeah and this infrastructure figuring out some other way to do it which they're not quite doing no at all but, and 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 all of the the students who are because you still have buses coming into Lane. i don't understand i don't know which students are going in for which lab courses is there medical you got a medical school there or some so, so you know you're right i didn't realize that and i had a few st- students saying no we're on we're in hostel what are you doing there <laughs> You're there? People are there? So I don't know what department, but yeah, there yeah. are some people there. So maybe it's some of the engineering folks or... Or medical, medical as you say. Stuff, yeah. yeah, where it's a lab. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's yeah. start as we do. Hello, my name is James Pikeway. This is Catching Up, a Podholics podcast, coming to you from the Rove Hotel podcast studio. And Dr. Louise Lambert, or Louise Lambert, which one do you go? How do you go? Lambert, it's easier to pronounce. <laughs> like Saint, are you related to the Saint Lamberts? Of the, no, Saint Lambert, no? I'm sure somewhere down the line, maybe. <laughs> I'm famous. I'm famous and I didn't know. The the program's catching up. And Louise has been here before. She is a psychologist uh, working as a professor at the United Arab Emirates University. We we talked, uh, I don't know, weeks ago. Go back yeah. to the podcast. Go back to it and take a look. You can have a great listen. And we kind of caught up. We kind of met actually, and had a chat, and then realized, ta-da, ta-da, more to talk about. And we're both Canadian. <laughs> you know that's the and and since you're you're in town, DIFC, which is only like you know two hundred meters, three hundred meters to get to the start of it, yeah. and probably from here it's a seven to eight minute walk. Jack's Burgers. I don't know if you eat hamburgers. Yes, I do. I don't know if you like poutine. Uh, y- hello. Jack's okay. over in DIFC. Not bad. Done. On the list. Not bad. And and as I was eating this burger, <laughs> I kind of went, it's kind of Harvey's-esque. And they uh-huh. went, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, it's not a Harvey's burger, but it's because it's their Close. own thing. But it's got, it's got pieces of that. And then they make a poutine. And a poutine, that's the best. Problem is... 
the cheese. They don't have cheese curds from North America yet no. because of the, but they've, they've got their own cheese that they're curding, okay. but the curding process is brutal. So okay. it, uh, it's, it's, you know, it worked. It worked. It worked. Fantastic. And, and they've taken it like to the extreme where they're using like, you know, hand cut Idaho potatoes. And I'm kind of oh. going really nice, but yeah, it's overkill, but it's like a heart attack in a plate. It <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. So you got to go try it out. Jax, okay. anyone who's listening, J A X. And I, I said to them, I said, uh, you guys, sons of anarchy fans, like, you know, Jax from sons of anarchy. <laughs> and they go, Oh, good show. But no, Oh, but no, but no, thanks. But no, <laughs> fantastic. Louise, last time we were sitting down here, we, we had, you know, we had a nice meandering conversation. We started talking about psychology and positive psychology. And I, the, the key takeaway from the last chat was we were talking what positive psychology is and you were ready to just launch at one point when I said, you know, mindfulness. And then you said, yeah, okay. So that's one of like 20 different like 50. And, yeah, entry points into the conversation, but it's yeah. it's like you've just moved a little pebble on the beach. And I thought, we got to talk more. Yeah. And, and I like the, the uh, analogy of a little pebble on the beach because you can change the pebbles, you can change the beach. <laughs> but people don't want to. We, we all get stuck in our way and then everyone's got their own. It's, I mean, you must get it all the time when, when people say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. Are you reading my mind? And then, yeah, and this like... It's the worst <laughs> question in the world. <laughs> Are you analyzing me? Yeah, no, you're not that interesting. <laughs> Thanks. <though. laughs> Everyone thinks they're so interesting. No. <laughs> And then you don't want to say no because you make them feel bad. Yes. Oh, you don't want to say that either. So I just say, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm a whatever. I mean, it's a tough one though, isn't it? When, when our careers kind of overlap with things we do and then people sort of box you in and yeah. say, okay, well, everything is about that. Yeah. And it defines you a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, what can we do? Yeah, that's the way it is. That's all right. We're both in between classes. You specifically have literally finished a class. We're both yep. teaching online and you're here. Yep. I wanted to pick up our conversation because we're, we're still in the midst of COVID-19. Uh, so we'll kind of date stamp this, you know, we're, this is what the 15th of September, yeah. which I don't typically do on any of these shows. I don't date stamp them so that they just kind of live. You, you get the date. If you look at where they are in sort of the podcasting directory, but otherwise I don't usually say where we are, but I think with COVID and where this conversation is coming from, it, it's probably, it's probably very useful to know that we're at this point, which yeah. is, you know, when, when did this all kind of kick off? March? March. Second week of March. Second week of, Mar week of March. So yeah. I just made it back. I was away on vacation and I just made Yikes. it back. We kind of cut our vacation short because we sort of saw the, the writing on the wall as airports were closing. It's like, yeah, okay, we got to get out of here. And luckily you did. Some people were stuck in resorts for months and oh, had to man. take loans out. Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine it. <gasps> you know, we were, we were actually in Africa, so I couldn't imagine oh my with the numbers skyrocketing as they did there. And I know I couldn't imagine it. I mean, I love, I love the people I was staying with. I love the friends. They were excellent, but I, it would be five months on horrible yeah. for them and horrible for us. Yeah to be so far away from home. And as you said, you're taking out loans, getting people to take care of your, your stuff. Feed the dog. Yeah. Oh, Water imagine. the plants. Imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. The, no, I'm so it's good you came back. The upside, and, and if there is an upside of COVID-19, mm -hmm. is it's forcing us to rethink literally how we do everything from how our families interact, mm -hmm. how we teach, how our workplaces function, how everything is coming together. And I thought that was a great jumping off point 
because tied in with COVID-19 is the psychology side is how we are personally dealing with it. And I'm always saying every other day, I'll, I'll be talking to someone and they'll, they'll say or do something. I say, yeah, this is, that's a COVID stress symptom for sure. It's, and it's always little things. And, and, and this is the, the killer, right? It's never one big boom that, you know, you say, oh, it's COVID-19. No, no, it's, it's not being able to go on vacation. It's yeah. not being able to just go out and get, well, now wedding season, right? Done. Forget it. You can't get, get together for those either. So yeah. it, it becomes a real big challenge. So like we've got that side of how we're dealing with things and we've got our multiple personalities, I like to call them in, you know, you've got the parent, you've got the work, you've got the teacher, you've got the re so you've got all these different things and then you've got work. Yes. And you've got, how is that working in that it's been turned upside down? Luckily. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I do think luckily. I think it's kind of been pushed. We, and it is funny, seven months ago, eight months ago, just imagine if you'd said to your boss and if I'd said to my boss, look, you know what? I, why, don't, why am I not doing this course online and doing it from home? Well, I think many of us had. And the answer was no. No, you can't do it. We need yeah. to see you. You need to be here. Yeah. And and now we don't need to be here. And it's like, yeah, we don't want you coming in. And exactly. Just make it happen. So we've got this this rapid change that's happened both in the physical environment that we live in, in the work environment we live in, mm -hmm. and in our personal environments. And as as you said, it's kind of we're reimagining everything. And my concern, I'll frame it as a concern, which okay. is a bad word okay. because it it's so laden with so many things. Negative, or problematic. Maybe, maybe my question is, let's go okay. with Corinne. My question is, how can we, since we've got this reimagining taking place, we've got this reformatting hard boot in a sense taking place, how can we better position ourselves both from a work perspective and how our managers deal with the people they're working with and from a personal perspective, how we deal with work and everything else. And I thought no one better than yourself, a positive psychologist to at least have, you know, some suggestions on things that based on your experience might be useful to help keep us yeah. in line on track and thinking forward. Yeah. Um, and I love this question and I think we're we're actually quite fortunate, which is odd for me to say, because I was the one having panic attacks in March and April going, oh my God, what's going to happen? And now I'm like, wow, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so just as a caveat, um, you know, I think as excited as we are to be talking about reimagining work, we also have to be mindful of the fact that many people have lost their jobs. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're still it, losing their job. This, yes. this is a real, you know, so I'm going to interrupt you for a second. This is great. I'm interrupting the professor. No, I, love fine. It. I love it. Is, is I, I find this really difficult because you'll be talking with them. So I got some great friends and they're going through stuff and, and then it sort of comes out in the conversation. It's like, look, my husband doesn't have a job right now or he's working, but he's not getting paid anything. And yeah. you're kind of going, oh, I'm oh. so, whoa. Uh, how fortunate we are. How fortunate I am. And then it's kind of like, where do, you know, you're then really mindful of, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that's going to trigger something. And yeah. I, I, and I empathize, but what can I do? And it's like, woo. Yeah. And, and I think that's something we all need to be mindful of is just, there are a lot of, there are going to be a lot of casualties and I hate that word, but um, that is going to be very true. So something this big is going to knock out certain industries. Mm. Some industries are going to survive, but look very different. Um, but overall, I think the workplace is going to look very different and that is going to bring good things 
over time. Mm. Right now, we're definitely in those growing pains. It's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but there are some opportunities there. So really this talk today is about, you know, workplaces that are still alive, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and, so, and how to how to capitalize on those opportunities because yeah. even in, in you know, we're, we're so we're both in education. Mm. Our institutions are still physically there. there. The mechanisms are still physically in place, but the service looks very different. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's kind of like we're straddling two worlds in that all of the process procedures, things and that are the old school. But we're now in the new school. Yeah. So I did a podcast, no offense, three weeks ago um, with Gallup. And mm-hmm. we were talking with experts globally around how does, how does the workplace change. And, and one of the conclusions we'd come to is that many of the models around workplace well-being, organizational behavior, just no longer apply today. Some aspects of it still do but our world has drastically changed so that many of these models, we just need to come up with new ways of how are we going to make things work. So I, you know, again, it's not just here in the UAE, but globally, I think we're all facing this um, kind of this decision point of how do we move forward? And I think that presents a lot of opportunities. So I knew we were going to have this talk today. I'm kind of nerdy. I'm a little bit OCD-ish. Now you a guys little, can't, a you little. You guys can't see this, but I have a paper. <laughs> you know what? We, we are. We notes. do. We actually do have some oh. video. So oh, no. at, at some point, someone might want to take a look, and we'll see. Okay. Now I didn't do the highlighter job, which I normally do. Oh, really? Anyway. Okay, that's great. <laughs> but I did come up with like three ideas, and really just kind of throw them back on the audience as things to think about. Um, some are things individual employees can do others are more for managers and others are finally for just kind of industries as a whole so i'd like to start talking about this idea of working from home remote working so we're starting with the individual yeah and also just organizations so um two weeks ago i was asked to go in for a meeting to go all the way back to my workplace for a meeting and i said well, why? You want me to drive all the way there? A, I need a COVID test. I don't have one. So that's going to take at least 48 hours. But when I really challenged the decision at the end, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You don't need to. But I thought, but then why did you ask that? Yeah. And I think we're, that to me, that was just a very small example of where we're stuck in these habits. And the habit has always, always been, I need you here. And I think it's you know, really incumbent upon industries, organizations to start thinking, does this still serve our interest to have people here? Mm. So there are actual benefits to organizations to giving that freedom of choice to employees. Certainly some want to go back to the office. Um, Parents are like, yes, please, when can I come back? (laughs) And then maybe people who don't have kids are like, yeah, no, I'm cool. Like pajamas during the day, this is great, you know, but giving people that that freedom. Um, can go a long way in improving employee happiness, um, that life-work balance. But also for the organizational perspective, um, I think this can be a real ch- uh, opportunity to also open up markets. So if mm. I want to work at so home... So what do you mean by opening up markets? That's so just, if I, if I want to work at home, I'm not bound by the traditional working hours. So I don't need to right. go in at 9 to 5 because the actual building is only open from 9 to 5. Maybe I prefer to do 7 to 3, might that open up European offices or Asian offices or North American offices? So rather than organizations seeing, I need you to be here nine to five to justify the fact that we're paying rent on this building, can we do it differently and say, all right, um, what opportunity could this open by you choosing to do different hours in different places? Another idea I'm thinking um, 
you know, if you've got a bunch of employees all in one city versus in the city where they should be, is that another service offering? Okay. So I'm thinking now we're all supposed to be in LA, but I know there's a bunch of us in Dubai. So rather than go back, can we just offer a class here? Yeah. So that would improve stakeholders uh, engagement, but also that would make a lot of students happy. They're like, yay, we don't have to drive back in either. Right. Yeah. So instead of, again, instead of just falling back into these habits to think about as it is, what if we kept it that way and what good would come out of that? Do, do you think that in that case, the stakeholders who are involved, employees and the employer, do you think they're asking these questions yet? Or do you think there's still this holdout for everything's going to go back? And, and, and it's all predicated on there's going to be a vaccine. Yeah. But maybe not till the end of 2021 if, if we you know go through this whole process. And, and maybe even then, maybe it's not going to work. And even if there is, who cares? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think lots of organizations are doing the, well, this is just temporary. Let's hold our breath. Things will go back to normal. But... Why do we want them to go back to normal? They weren't necessarily working that well anyway, mm. if, we're, if we're going to be perfectly honest. Or maybe they were working well, but can we do them better? Yeah. Right. So even in terms of sa saving on real estate, right? these organizations have a huge buildings. Everybody's in there, but if I want to stay at home, you don't need to pay for me in that mm. office. So that's less AC, less electricity, less you know whatever it is. So I also think it's a way to save money a better use of real estate in fact there's a great example in dubai right now and and i know we're both gonna cringe a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and i know i don't mean that in a bad way but i'm talking about the canadian university of dubai uh, okay. and so we both have relationships with the yes, canadian university of dubai okay. in different ways yeah and so that's why the anyway yeah. so the canadian university of dubai is has moved to city walk mm -hmm. or a portion of it anyway i think the whole building in the other place is coming i don't know i've but i i know they've moved into city walk yeah so they're using mall space that just wasn't filled. And they've now repurposed a piece of it, which I thought kind of fortuitous in, in their thinking because there's a lot of malls that have a lot of space and that suddenly create an opportunity for them to bring some foot traffic in, use up that real estate, make it, take advantage of the food courts, take, and, 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 and I, I know that uh, Simon Fraser does this in Burnaby with, with one of its shadow campuses, is at a mall. Uh, it's on the top part, Perfect. the bottom part's a mall. So it's a mutual partnership, yeah. but also that allows the institution to say, okay, this semester, for whatever reason, um, maybe we have more students, less students, yeah. and you adjust your budget accordingly yeah. versus, well, you <laughs> we just have to keep paying even if three buildings are empty. Exactly. Right? The other thing I like about this working from home, and we talked about this in our last podcast as well, is, you know, maybe we just do away with offices altogether or some version thereof, and we have little working pods. Right. So this could be an example of a pod. Where so we're at the Rove Hotel. We show up at the Rove. I'm going to be here at this yeah. time. Join us. 10 working spaces. It yeah. doesn't matter what industry you're in. doesn't matter what field you're in. We just sit and chat. We actually do our work. But look, you and I met just in the lobby, yeah. right? And here we are doing podcasts. This is a great example of collaboration, partnership, um, cross-pollination of mm. industries. And again, you know, all organizations say we want innovation and partnerships. and yeah. But <laughs> I can't do it because I'm stuck in a physical mm. building from nine to five. Yeah. And how do I connect with people in different industries? Because I can't leave the physical building. And now when you're forced to, you remove the building, then suddenly 
wow, here everybody is. And now we're really starting to have these interesting partnerships. So, here's, so I think these are really hugely beneficial. Yeah. Here's the challenge. And I, I read this one today. Morgan Stanley is talking about the COVID effect on their organization. They're saying, hey, there's there's lots going on. But they're they're now kind of drilling down into productivity of their workforce that's no longer in the office. And they're mm-hmm. saying, Mondays and Fridays, North American, Mondays and Fridays, brutal. But the middle of the week is going okay. And, and that got me thinking, saying, well, maybe they're, you know, I, I wonder how they're, first of all, I didn't see how they're actually measuring productivity mm-hmm. and maybe their productivity was all out of whack to start with because people would hang out in the office till like midnight working on these deadlines. And now they're at home and they're saying, Hey, work-life balance. Or the, the other side of it is maybe they're, they're not doing as, as much work as they come out of the weekend and as they go into the weekend, but that middle of the week is just jam packed. And I can't imagine Morgan Stanley that they're not getting the work done. So the, we've now just see a shift in as, and as you led into, you know, 10 minutes ago saying we just re we're recalibrating our working times and our working methods to suit us more and meet the, the demands of our organizations. And, and honestly, so on that subject of productivity, um, lots of studies are coming out now saying we're actually more productive at home by about yeah. two hours. Wow. Simply because we're not commuting. Yeah, well, so I, I get that totally. From an organizational perspective, it's probably to your interest to have me working at home because I am working more. It might not be to my interest, of course. But, <laughs> but you know, so again, if we just get out of this habit, you must be here, but really... Why? Yeah. And we look at the actual indicators and measures and different ways of doing things, and it would be more advantageous to both organizations and employees to be thinking about ways to do things differently. And now's the time to be saying, I prefer not to go into the office, yeah. and here's why. How do we negotiate that? It's it's that surveillance of employees. Mm. At some point, you know, the check-in, check-out. I don't trust that you're doing your job unless I can see you. But I know from from what point in fact in, in organizations I've worked in, people aren't walking around and looking at my desk. Yeah, you're I, not seeing me there anyway. I could be watching Netflix at my desk anyway. I could be having a nap and, you know, yeah. who knows? So Or hanging out in the coffee shop. Uh, as people do. Yeah. People. yeah. <laughs> as people do. Exactly. Or playing, you know, solitaire. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, just the methods to actually keep in touch with me. And this is something that I find really odd and is because we're not necessarily in the workplace where we're relying more on, we'll do a zoom or a team mm-hmm. or a meetup or, you know, whatever, what people still aren't doing. And I, I've actually reverted back. I just call people on the phone and like, and I've got, I called up someone the other day, one of my supervisors and they, they, they pause and say, you know what? No one calls me. Mm. I said, well, yeah, I I thought we could send five emails back and forth because I would usually just walk to your office and say, hey, I got a question. So I said, you know, I'm just going to call you, say hello, two minutes, it's done. And and their their response at the end was, wow, this is really refreshing, actually. And And my eyes aren't burning as a result. Yeah. I started doing phone calls in about April. My retinas were on fire. Yeah. <laughs> All this zooming online. Yeah. So in some ways, maybe it's making our communication more purposeful and intimate in ways yeah. because we're kind of lacking. But when we do talk, it's purposeful. Mm. Right. Because I'm actually calling you versus, hey, Bob, how's it going? Good. Yeah. yeah great. <laughs> See ya. Bye. I mean, uh, trivialities. How, how do we give people permission and organizations permission to, to start to embrace this? Do you think where, what's, what's the step one? Cause I, I, I feel like we're still at the bottom of the step. We haven't, we've got all sorts of tools. We've had all sorts of examples. We've had all sorts of experiments, yeah. but in the end people are just kind of going, okay, wh- when do I get told it's okay? Yeah. And I think this is where, so my point, and again, just that little example for me two weeks ago was 
no, I'm going to set, you know, look, whether I'm successful or not, it's a different story. I like to hope I think I will, but at least I'm going to try. But it's this idea of, I think it's employees themselves need to sort of advocate for some of these changes they want to see, because if you don't say anything, it will go back to normal. Now, if that's what you want, great. It's not what I want, so don't let that happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's about speaking up, but also questioning. Why do you need me there? Mm. Like, what is it I'm doing here that it, I can't do there, yeah. and, and vice versa? And, and then you do the poker stare, <laughs> and you wait for like, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your eyes don't burn out until they do. <laughs> Look, and, and it's, it's true, right? Because when you when you do that, it's like, yeah, there's really no reason. Yeah. You know. So so ask the question. Like, why do I need to be there? Because you can see I'm logging in. I'm meeting, meeting my outcomes. I'm doing everything I need to do. So I was, I'm actually, I'm actually somewhat certain that, that my zoom classes are being monitored only because I've been talking with, so we, we've got institutional zoom for the university and I'm almost certain that I've heard people in the class who aren't in the class. And I've, I've talked to other faculty members and they said they actually had, I know, and I, I, I and they're going, is that legal? And I'm going, hey, you know, it's, it's a university oh, software. It's kind of like your emails are, 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 they can look at those. You're using an, a university okay. platform through the university and, and I don't know. So, but I had a, another person who we were, I was talking to and they said, I actually heard two people talking in my room. And then I said, hello, who's this? And it was gone. See, it's funny you say that because today I heard a voice that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. And I, I just assumed it was somebody at a student's house because the students were chatting and yeah. I thought maybe, you know, uncle just walked by or something. Yeah. But it did make me go, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, and I don't have a problem with that because I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm, what would they be, what would someone be listening for? They're listening for, are you in there when yeah. it starts? Are you in there at the end? Yeah. Content wise, if someone wants to rate my content, Hey, it's all online anyway. You yeah, can go take a go look. It, yeah. So I think it's, it's just going back to that. We need accountability. And if that's what it takes, well, they're all recorded. So you can go and yeah, listen too. Go like, ahead. You know. Yeah. The only thing I would like is just, just like in person, if yeah. you're going to be in my classroom, I'll know that one yeah, time. Yeah, and so that's the just thing. Just tell me you're coming. Yeah. I don't mind. But then I could actually include you in the conversation. Exactly. Like, why not? I guess trust is the big thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, this is where we really see maybe some of these little cracks in the, in the social trust that are going on in organizations. Do you trust me to do what I'm doing? Yeah. And why not? Like, does that say more about me or does that say more about you? I wonder if it's the style of business that we're just the style of management and organization globally that we're, we're so used to. It's it, it, we're, we're a commuter culture, right? We, mm. you, you don't work from home and there's all, you know, there's the great dream in the last 15 years of, you know, working from home and I'm going to be a telecommuter and now it's for real. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, how does this really work? How does this really work? And, and it, you know, this is sort of bringing me to my next point. You know, another change we're going to see in the workplace is the relationships with our managers. Yeah. So how do we have these conversations, but also how do we start building actual relationships? I think much of management, again, there are some workplaces that are doing, like, amazing jobs. Um, some who are, you know, doing maybe less so, but whatever, um, is... What kind of relationship do you have with your manager? Is that just a person with a title mm. and who is just ticking the boxes? Or is it somebody that you can turn to and go, hey, so I did this today. What do you think about this? And, you know, I, th- I think it, 
I think maybe it's time to flatten some of this hierarchy yeah. and to say, can you be there for me instead of checking on me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does kind of feel, and I, I think that's a big problem, right? And, and it's, it's, it's like there's a police force looking after over you yeah. and those are your managers. And in some ways we have this golden opportunity, as you just said, for them to reach out and help facilitate you doing your job better, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that they, they have to take control of it, but hey, what's that little thing you need? And, and you do a better job when you're in Dubai, or you do a better job if you have a bigger screen on your computer, or you're going to do a better job if you have access to another, another learning platform as well. And yeah. And it's facilitating that and keeping you happy so that there's that mutual trust. And when they lean over and say, hey, you know what, Louise, I really could use some help with this. You're going to say, okay, I can do that. I'm happy to do so. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of why. Why? <laughs> why? What's going on? But I think, yeah, it's incumbent upon, and it needs to be on managers to make the first move. And this is really paying more attention to the well-being of employees. Mm. Um, do you think people really care, though, about the well-being? I mean, we talk about it, we say it, but do you really think people care? Without, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm kind really. of throwing you under the bus there. Yeah, honestly, not really. Yeah. I think some great managers do, and they're in the right roles to manage because right. they genuinely do care. I think other people also take on these roles of managers for the title, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to require more, and I think even employees are saying, okay, can you ask me how I'm doing? Like I, you know, and I think there was this old kind of belief that, well, if I see you, you're doing your job, you must be okay. But now you don't even see me. That doesn't mean I want to come back, but now that means you need to reach out to me yeah. and be having this personal conversation, a personal phone call from your manager, just saying, Hey, how's it going? How, how yeah. are you? You know, so I have a story I want to share just to illustrate, um, this need for better communication and need for more attention to well-being. So without saying where, it may not even be in this country, um, but I heard this story and I was kind of horrified at what the consequences could have been. So this happened in April. Um, a student had contacted a professor about their concern about their own professor. And the student said, you know, again, all very apologetic. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I don't wanna take your time, but um, we haven't heard from our, our professor in about 10 days. Wow. Hasn't logged into classes. We're sending WhatsApps. They have not even been read. Um, we're trying to call, there's no answer. And, you know, I think something might be wrong. And again, this poor student was apologetic. And yeah. it's like, no. So that professor started to make some calls and indeed nobody had heard from the person, um, but n nobody escalated it. Um, nobody moved it yeah, beyond yeah. that. No one's taken responsibility. Nobody, but nobody even thought to call. Hey, should we be checking in on, on our professor? Should we even be checking in if they're logging in? Should we be asking people how they're doing? So this was kind of at the height of lockdown. So in the end, a few people called that supervisor uh, the supervisor, the only response they were able to say was, I don't know, call HR. Well, who's HR? We're all working from home. Like, wh what are we supposed to do? Yeah. And it was really left to that person's colleagues to literally figure out where they live. And as you know, there's no addresses in certain yeah. places. <laughs> so there was a lot of driving around. Um, and then they finally located the person in a very bad space, um, mm. had not eaten for oh, several yeah. days had done a little fair bit of drinking <laughs> and had really kind of fallen off the rails and had to be brought to psychiatry wow. and kept there for a couple of days. But that really told me, wow, nobody's checking. Yeah. And 
increasingly, you know, we're hearing a lot of calls for attention to mental health in the workplace. This is a great issue. That story could have turned out really badly. Mm. So it, it's up to managers. Check in. It's almost hi- hi- highlights that, you know, at least when, when we're in a physical building, people walk around, they kind of get a sense. Mm. Hey, I, have you seen so-and-so today? No, I haven't seen them in there. But this, this you know, that was the old... Um, Tom Peters added, you know, he would always talk about management by walking around and mm-hmm. get to know your employees. Now yeah. it's management by phoning around yeah. or, or whatever that takes, but, and probably not zooming around simply because we we're just so overdone with these yeah. meetings and they're all the kind of the same and you got your background and you sit there and it's like, you know, I don't need to see you. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're just, yeah. But, but, and I, I kind of get the challenge at it, it gives to, to management because they didn't have to do this before. I mean, they did, but they didn't like, they should have been doing that. They could have gotten away with it, but now you can't. Now you, you literally, and if you've got 40 people under you, you either spread it out amongst some of your, your, your sub managers Mm. to say, okay, here's these five people, your job, give them a call, see how they're doing. Yeah. And I want you to do it every week and just do a check-in and, you know, do it randomly, but don't do it outside of hours, but just have a chat and see how they're yeah. doing. And two minutes is great. Hey, how's it going? Just want to say hello. Any, yeah. anything I can help you with? No. Nope. need anything? Yeah. 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 A- and I also think there's also room to, you know, if that takes a long time, again, you may have 40 people, you may yeah. have a hundred people under you or more, hopefully not more, but, um, you know, the other thing, and I've started to do this with my own colleague is again at that height of lockdown when i was having my little panic attacks <laughs> we reached out to each other and we're like okay um you here are my here's the number of my parents so if you don't That's see me idea. or if i die can you yeah. call them please yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's where i live again we don't know people's addresses there are yeah. no addresses here so if i don't see my colleague for a while i need to know where they are so yeah. we kind of devised our own little buddy system i know that sounds kind of nerdy but We've had a great friendship emerge out of that, but it really made us think every workplace should be doing this. Everybody should have a buddy. You shouldn't go missing for 10 days and nobody notices. That that is shameful to me that that is, that's a real moral (laughs) failure on the part of organizations. Like that's, oh my gosh. And and you know, I I think I, we did that. I got three friends that, that are in the office that, you know, Hey, we don't, we know where each other lives. We, they, they know the people that I would just go and stand in their office door and say, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. And so we, we kind of do that now. We d- we'll literally in between class, I might just pick up the phone and say, Hey, how's it going? What's going on? How was your class? What's going on? Okay. Hey, by the way, I got to go teach you. Yeah, me too. Got to go. Bye. And, and it, we're just kind of recreating it. And it's, it's that, like you said, if something goes wrong and if I can't get a hold of that person, you know, it's like, oh, up. okay, this is odd. And then I'm going to try another method. And then if I haven't gotten hold of them by the end of the day, it's going to call the other person. Hey, have you talked to so-and-so and, and what's yeah. going on? And it's great that we do that, but yeah. organizations also have a responsibility to do that. So they really need to be thinking about that. And that's some, I, I think yeah. the other side of it is, is the, I, I get the sense that organizations generally are just now overwhelmed with, we still have all of our regular policies. We've got things now that we have to do and we have to be thinking of the well-being of our employees, but Hey, the well-being of our employees, isn't that just about the well-being of the institution, whatever that institution might be, whether I'm a shopping mall or I'm an accounting firm, really bringing that into perspective is, I think it's becoming hard for organizations. It is. It, it is a lot to do. It is. But on the other hand, I sort of short circuit that question and go, but if you're not doing it in that example, uh, 
10 days worth of work was not done. Yeah. So <laughs> for that person, yeah, it's like, and, and that's, and the damage like, for the students, because now they're going to be saying, Hey, the organization and this professor and this, and it's like, you know, what do you think of this place? You know, and, and let's say that they're, you know, they're in an Ivy league university or they're in, they're, you know, they're in Cambridge in, yeah. and suddenly someone's going, oh, yeah, well, it's good school. But yeah. But I have this experience and let me tell you about it. And it's like, Ooh. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's just because a student spoke. Yeah. So imagine when they don't. Right. So I think it's incumbent upon organizations to find ways to sort of streamline how do we pay attention to well-being in a way that's not adding to our ill-being by adding more stress for the people who are in charge of this, but that we build a culture, an organizational culture that sustains itself. And so I think organizations that did a good job of doing that before probably weathered the COVID experience, which is still ongoing, but a lot better. Those that didn't, this is where you're you're exposing all the cracks now. So here, here's my my concern, and it's it's looking at all organizations saying, okay, we got to do this, and it's really the you know looking at the well being of your employees becomes yeah. even more important. Yeah. The managers, depending on which industry they're in, they've kind of gone up the ladder. They haven't necessarily got any training in doing that. No. They don't even know. And and what I think is being exposed to us is one that yeah, we've had an HR department. And maybe our HR department is good at finding employees and maybe it's good at their termination and, you know, their salary stuff, but they're not necessarily so good at the well-being part, if that's what HR should be doing. Mm-hmm. And we've got our line managers who have no clue because they've never been trained in it and they have no, you know, they, ha- they don't have a capacity to actually understand what they're doing. They've kind of learned as they're going. It's like we're at we're at ground zero for a great opportunity to recast something, but it terrifying if I'm that manager who now has to be thinking of well being. And I, I'm going, man, I I never even took a counseling course or a, in any of my studies. And what if you're in a management role and you know your background is in English lit and you've never taken a management course in your life either? You just you know you've learned as you went. I'm I'm. I could understand why that would be super awkward. Yeah, no, for sure. Because you're like, what do I even ask people? And especially when you've never done it, but also when it hasn't been a tradition in the organization. And again, it's about the whole culture. So if you're in an organization where everybody kind of does it, you have models, you see other people doing it, you see how good relationships form then it becomes a lot easier. But when you have to do it from scratch, from cold, and nobody's yeah. doing it. And, oh, and it's got to be up and running right now. I mean, not yeah. only does it have to be going, you've got to be at the top of your game. It's, you know, how long have we had? You were dragging your feet because, oh, this is going to be over. This is going to be over. And now you've got you to gotta get on online learning. You've got to go through the process. You probably need to get a certificate in something or bring in the people who can do it. Good luck at that because they're all over the map too. Yeah. And and my advice is let's not complicate things. There we go. I it's, love the advice. This is what I was yeah. waiting for. <laughs> let's not complicate things. It's really about just giving. It's the same thing you do with your kid. Hey, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. How are you doing? That's really so it. I'm just like home there. You may be homesick. I was just saying. <laughs> but that's really it. You know, I just finished a study um, where we did a school program, which was rudely interrupted by COVID. Um, but what we oh, found in that study was kind of interesting is that, you know what, the interventions all worked prior mm. to COVID. We, are, we were already seeing gains in well-being. And then during COVID, um, you know, things changed. But the most important ingredient was just teachers being kind. Yeah. Asking questions and listening. Like that's it. Yeah. It's really not hard, you know? So it's about be human. Leave your title for a moment and just say, hey, I just want to check in and see how things are. Yeah. Is your family good? You all right? Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Like, honestly, that's it. <laughs> you, you know, the, it. The, the crazy thing is you, you've got also this shifting of perceptions mm. because you've got the employee and you've got the manager and maybe the manager's actually never asked about your family and they really don't know anything about your background and they, and suddenly it's and like, they not even know your name. Yeah. Yeah, for Literally? sure. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, employee yeah, number 737. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I, I, you might get, you might get a boss who, because of what you, what your role is in a, a company, they think that's your thing when really that's where you've gotten to, but that is not your it's thing. It's not your thing. And, but they brand you, well, well, yeah, you're the, you're the accounting guy. It's like, yeah, that's what I do, but that's not me. Yeah. And, and I could do 12 other things even better, which I'd really like to do, but nobody's ever asked me. Yeah. And yeah. you know, how, how's your family? And it's like, uh, they're okay. Why do you care? You've never cared before. You've never asked before. And, you, I, and you raise an interesting point. So I guess, you know, on the, on the heels of that advice, if you're going to start calling people, be prepared for awkwardness. A yeah. um, couple of seconds of <laughs> what? Are you okay? Am I getting fired? What's going yeah. on? Well, that's the thing they call it. Hey, it's a boss call. It's like, uh, you're going to freak people out. Yeah. <laughs> like, What have I done? <laughs> but then, okay. So explain it. Just say, look, I've never really done this before and uh, it's kind of awkward for me as well, but we're just trying to check in with people more frequently. So, um, you know, yeah. let's do this in a minute. You okay? You're good? Yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll be calling you in two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> now that's awkward, but the person hangs up and goes, okay. Uh, and they kind of reserve judgment yeah. just to see. So I, they're giving you space Yeah. and you've got an opportunity to do things differently. So I'm, I'm, so let me, I'm going to use my own personal thing, which is, oh, I hope this doesn't get me in trouble at work. <laughs> I, think <laughs> but, I think we're past we're that. well past. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at the phase where, so one of my, man, my, 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 my Dean does call. Okay. Wonderful. Which is great. Yeah. But I've got other people in who are above me, who I interact with, who never call yeah. and I've heard nothing from them. And I'm kind of going, it's, it's weird because I'm thinking, you know what? I, I, and I would like to hear from you more, I, but I don't, I, and I, I kind of go, okay, should I initiate the call? But I'm worried in my mind of initiating the call. And it's like, why are you calling me? Like what? Yeah. What, do I need to be paying more attention? Yeah. Well, like what what's going on? Wrong? Like what, what, you, what you never talked to me before and why you, and, but given this whole situation, given the fact that we're no longer in the hallways together, I, I in, in my own capacity, I would like to hear a little bit more, not as a group from some of the leadership that that's around, but on a little more individual basis, just to check in and, and just sort of, and, and just sort of a, rea, a reassurance that they actually know that I do something. So maybe they check in and they actually go, Hey, you know, Hey, that's a good thing you're doing with creative mornings. And, or, Hey, that's a great thing that you're doing with those podcasts. I, I listened to a couple and that's really interesting. As and, a, it, <laughs> and it's a way to be seen, to yeah. be acknowledged, to yeah. be rewarded and to go, okay, what I do actually matters here. Yeah. And that is how you build employee engagement. That mm. is how you build employee happiness. But, I think we, we have that yeah. reimagination time right now to, for yes. organizations. They've got this golden opportunity that I think is in front of them in big neon lights blinking. This is, you can do this. You can do this. It's going to be awkward. Like you said, you but should, you should. Yeah. And, the, and I think people have got this blinder. I said, Oh no, I'm too busy with other stuff. I don't have enough hours in a day. And I've got this meeting it's like, it's, we're going to be back anyway in the work, in, in the office in another month. And that's going to leave you very vulnerable because A, you may not be back, but B, people are watching in the meanwhile yeah. and they're, see, they're seeing you sitting there doing nothing. Mm. I'm not saying you're not doing nothing, you're working, yeah. but I, I'm still here. Yeah. Whether you choose to see me or not, I'm still here, yeah. right? And I always think of workplace relationships between management and employees the same way you would any other relationship. Mm. If you don't look at me, 
why would I stay? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, honestly, why would yeah. I stay? At a certain point, you kind of go, hey, they give me loads of positive recognition over there. Yeah. And they pay, same thing, same work, same do, like, yeah. you know, so you're, so managers do themselves a disservice when they don't do it. Mm. Um, I like the point you also raised, though, about do you reach out? Yeah. So I've had managers in the past where they didn't reach out to me. I, I think they felt like, oh, well, that's getting a bit too personal. It's kind of too awkward. So I reached out to them and it was quite incredible <laughs> because it was sort of like, oh, you want to talk to me as a person? Awesome. And then we became really great friends and it yeah. actually helped the workplace and I was ready to go the extra mile for them because I liked them, but also they trusted me. Yeah. And it's just building a relationship. Mm. But again, I think if you're one of these people and you can reach out and do it and great, but it needs to be from the management. Yeah, That's where it needs to start. And I, I think this is, like you said, golden opportunity. Just start doing it yeah. and, and work your way through. Yeah. Could be, it could be very interesting. It's an, I, mean, I, I think it's an exciting time. There's lots to study. There's lots to think about. There's lots, lots to happen here. I just wonder how prepared some people are for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's a good question. And again, you know, the, the KISS principle, yeah. keep it simple. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be complicated. You know what worries me? is where we're at right now is when we're talking about this, this management sort of reaching out and, mm. and, and showing that they care and, and that, that well-being of their employees. As you said, you know, if, if we're going through this cycle, say we're six months in, are, are things going to change in another six months? Look, everyone Probably keeps not. saying there's got to be a vaccine. Let's be honest. 2021 is what everyone's talking about somewhere end in there. Yeah. End of 2021. If, the opportunity comes for more organizations to, you know, like, oh, let's take Canada, for example. Let's say, you know, and, and I'm, I'm listening this morning just in a high school, elementary school teaching because of the way things have changed. They, they're a huge demand for some teachers. Yeah. And those are big numbers. Like, and, and it's, I was listening to just one school board in one, in one province where there's 70 school boards, just one school board wow. needs 40 teachers. Oh gosh. And some of them to work online. And they're saying, you know, and they're a small school board. They're saying, what about, you know? And so I'm thinking, imagine if you take all these businesses, the accounting firms, the PR firms, the, you, you know, the insurance companies, and you've got some insurance companies where maybe they're doing really good at keeping in touch with their employees. And you got others that are doing a crappy job. As soon as the opportunity comes that you can actually move around, what's going to stop these people who now are already one step out of an organization because they're not there for saying, you know what? I, I can do better and we're already in an awkward situation. So let's just keep on walking. What are, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wonder if we're not going to see that. And, and right now what if we've got this big fear, a lot of people have lost jobs and yeah. things, but it also creates that opportunity then for people to say, well, Hey, you know, I, I, maybe I can do better. And why don't I try something? And if it's going to get me stay closer to home, why wouldn't I do that? And I think, you know, again, if we think about the, the relationship between management and employees, again, like a regular relationship, um, having nowhere to go doesn't mean it's a good relationship. Mm. It just means you have nowhere to go for the moment, but the moment the door opens, yeah, gone, gone. <laughs> so I think now it's, it's, it was always the case. You should yeah. be, trying to develop this ethos of care, developing an organizational culture that makes people want to stay because just paying people is not enough. Everybody pays. Yeah. Like everybody pays. Um, and if that's all you've got to offer me, I might stay now, 
because, you know, there's fewer and fewer opportunities. But again, the moment the door opens, people will be voting with their feet. Well, I, I keep laughing, actually, when people say, well, you know, it's your job. And, and you might say, but in, in the fact that across employee, uh, you know, employers across the board are doing things in different ways mm. and you're getting all of this experience. And if you, you've now vis- literally have this something that you can show and say, well, here, here's how I did it to a potential other employee and they might go, man, we, we need that. And hey, we're already working online. So you know what? You could actually start from where you are and transition in as it goes. I think depending on what kind of fields we're in, I, I think there's enormous potential for the cream of organizations to sort of say, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm not getting served here as I need to be. And that brings me to my third point. Wow, this is like a natural segue. I know. Teacher, teacher. <laughs> I think the other thing we can all be thinking about, uh, organizations included, is how do we need, you know, so now the key word is agility, yeah. this agile mindset. I like to call it being fast and nimble, but you know, call it whatever you want. Um, it's thinking about, you know, we don't know what the economy is going to look like, but we're fairly certain it's going to be bad. Um, We're facing more economic shocks. Some industries are going to collapse altogether. Others are going to reopen, but we don't even know which or how or where. We have no idea what's coming. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us and industries and organizations to be thinking about how do we reinvent ourselves as we go? Mm. For what purpose? We don't know yet, but we know something's coming. So one of the things that I did, you know, I'm looking at education thinking, we're not going to need at least higher education teachers anywhere, professors. I mean, everything's online now. Like great courses can all be delivered online. So I'm already thinking, what's my next career move? Um, And and we all need to be thinking this way. Are there courses now with that extra two hours where you're not stuck in traffic, getting on Coursera, getting on edX, learning coding, learning whatever. I mean, I'm throwing myself into the sustainable development goals. Now I'm all about sustainability. And anyway, it's just kind of a new topic, but things are going to change in ways we don't know. And if you're not preparing for that, you're going to be the first casualty of when your industry, if and when, and potentially if it dies, why are you waiting for that? (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's almost, it's almost like a piece of that gig economy. And and let's Mm -hmm. go to the education for a second. I said Coursera and, and more. I almost look at it and say, Hey, you know what? My role in my class could literally be I grab the, the content of this amazing professor who's doing it even better than me at wherever he's in, you know, he's, he could be anywhere. He could be in Singapore. He, you know, yeah. She could be in, in Thailand. We can learn from anyone. And I can curate that and build on it and say, you know, and help my students with it and then move it forward in a different way. But like you said, I don't have to be necessarily teaching all it. That's rethinking that teaching process. And I think that becomes really cool. And then there's the whole gig economy part of it for, for many companies who have got in-house branding departments or, you know, PR departments. Well, you don't need the whole department anymore. You just need to embrace the gig economy and put it up on Fiverr and say, okay, I need this document and it'll be there faster than you could get it anyway, because maybe they're in a different time zone and less expensively. And they, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not exploiting them because they're going to give you the price that they want for it, but you don't have to, you don't have all that hassle of your organization. It's all these things are here, but suddenly it's like, okay, now how do we take advantage of this? And everyone's sort of getting a nice hit out of it. Yeah, no, ag- agreed hundred percent. Um, you know, I think it was in May I had done this webinar, uh, and it was in the entertainment industry 
And it was interesting because some of the people were like, oh, I'm already moving on. I've taken, I'm taking this course. Like, this thing is dead, man. Deader than a dead horse. And they're just moving on. And then a few people were like, no, no, no. It's going to come back in a couple of months. Let's just wait. And I almost felt sorry for them because I thought that may be true. But if it's not, the longer you wait, yeah. the, the more behind you're going to fall. Yeah. And people are passing you. Mm. Right. And when it comes to economy, jobs, employability, you need to be on your game and yeah. things are changing so fast. I, th I think people just aren't honest with themselves saying, okay, what, am, where, where do my interests really lie? Looking at their careers and saying, okay, this is what I do. Where are my interests and how, what, what might be the future there? Where, what, sometimes then it's nice to sit down and have a conversation with someone and sort of map it out a little bit. And like you said, say, okay, you know what? It's time to, it's time to do some online courses. Yeah. It's, it's time to try something a little different. And to not think of yourself as invincible. Yeah. Like I've heard some people are like, no, well, we're always going to need this role. And I'm thinking that's what the horse farrier thought too. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's you what know. the A380 pilot thought, you know, <laughs> know, any, any pilot from any airline around the world, if you talk to them, it's like, travel. We, my job's guaranteed. Everyone's going to be traveling. Well, yeah, look what's happened to every airline. They've been decimated yeah. and A380s, except for the, the Emirates Airlines, of course, which has a, a huge fleet. Even there is only a couple of those flying at the moment, yeah. but other airlines, Air France, they retired them all. Yeah. And that's a whole fleet of aircraft that, and no one would have ever thought eight months ago that, yeah, tomorrow we're not going to fly these aircraft Done. anymore. I, I think it's really a time for all of us to be humble intellectual yeah. humility they call it and and to kind of get over <laughs> ourselves and go look i don't care how much education you have yeah. or how much esteem you have in society we're all vulnerable and we need to be thinking of ways to reinvent ourselves i think there's also an advantage to organizations for them to be doing it as a whole but for their employees to also be branching out in different ways because again we don't know what's coming maybe in a year's time I don't know, I'm not good at envisioning the future, who is, but there's gonna be a need for this skill or that skill. Yeah. Rather than laying people off or having to look for people, you might be like, oh yeah, I was doing that the whole time. Here's my SDGs, man. I was doing that, I'm ready. Pick me, pick me, right? Yeah. I'm already in line. So the more your people are diversifying their own skills, you're benefiting from that anyway. Yeah. Now that may come in handy, may not. Even if it doesn't come in handy, they're happier doing it. Yeah. And they, they feel more of a sense of security in the event that something happens, 10 skills are better than one. And, and our organizations, for the most part, they do have a capacity in them to help you take on more things. It, it's sometimes the challenge is you've already got such a full plate. When do you do it? And, you know, how do you do it? And how do you, ma how do you manage the time and manage the expectations? Or some organizations, you know, the learning and development, professional development, yeah. all that's there, but it meets their needs. Right. And not yours. That's a huge one where it's a, it's a checkbox. Oh yeah, we provide learning and development. We provide, we, yeah, we, we do it. It's yeah. there. It, take a look. Here's the webpage. How to use Excel. Great. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, okay, fine. But can I choose something I want that's going to yeah. light my fire professionally? I can feed that back to students. I can take on, you know, new cool partnerships and projects and whatnot. But, you know, and I get it. Organizations are like, why would we pay for that? That's outside of the realm of what we do. But maybe some courageous, and I know there are some organizations that do it. They're like, Here's PD money. Yeah. Use it however you want. Well, the, I mean, a lot of times in the tech organizations, Google will say, "Look, you know, every every once a week or once a month, you get you get the day, do your own thing." Yeah. Or you know, every Friday afternoon, half the day is yours. And hey, we'll fund it. We'll we'll give you and and 
kind of look at that and go, man, that's kind that's of awesome. Well, I think I, and I think back to, you know, Bose speakers. Well, the guy who invented all this, it was a university professor. He was an engineering guy and it came out of the university and look what it is now. It's a giant company. And it's, so on the one hand, again, and universities are a good example. They say, we want all your innovative ideas, just not that innovative, that, <laughs> just not that innovative actually. Well, and you're like, well, what do you want then? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to do Excel. Yeah. This does not light my fire. It does not. I, I sometimes wonder if our organizations in general, they, they talk a good game, but they can't, this is the, we're in the ultimate test of speed for, you know, redoing things and rethinking things. And they, we talk a good game, but really we're pretty slow at turning the boats and we're, we're, you know, we're like that, the classic the analogy. Titanic. Yeah. We're the Titanic and we're, 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 we're what, six months in and we're, we're still just barely turning. We haven't turned. We haven't uh, turned. No. And we need to, and we could, and, and in some industries have done it and some, yeah, they're, not going, not. they're not going anywhere and near. they're not going to. No. And they've just said, we're not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there goes the way of the dodo bird, right? <laughs> and, and yeah, I think you're right. I think in part, sometimes it's, there is a desire to change and be innovative. Yeah. Like everybody gets it in principle, but then how do you enact that in policies and practices and procedures when they're already written? So the, and the problem is we don't have people who are trained to think like that, where we've been, in, and I think in so many organizations, we're just enculturated into it. You no, know, you start at the bottom and you work your way up. I think my mother, you know, she was, she started as a bank teller and then she worked her way up to a bank manager and then worked her way forward. And she just was enculturated through. And so I remember sitting with her and saying, you know, mom, the, Why? Bank, the bank is screwing us around. And she'd look at me and she'd go, no, son, that's not, not no, this is the way, that, but this no, is the son. way, this is the way the bank works. And it's like, the bank just screwed you around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it's like, step back for a minute. And then once you step back, you realize, yeah, you know what? I didn't have the tools to actually envision the change that was needed and at the speed that was needed. So again, it's like, oh man, we, 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 we got this golden opportunity in front of us, but we need to be open to accepting some advice and some mechanisms. And taking risks. Yeah. You know, I, I see. We some can always people, say, we always say we, we failed. Always, yeah. It didn't I work. Mean, Let's try again. It's a big deal. Our, yeah. You know, on the one hand, we're saying we want to be innovative, but you must say yes to everything. I'm like, these two don't yeah. go together. <laughs> but I don't think it occurs to people sometimes that you can say no. Yeah. Or you can say, well, hang on, just explain to me why not disagreeing, being polite, being respectful, but just explain to me why and what is the outcome we want. And if this is the outcome we want, is this the way we're going to get it? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I just kind of see people, I know changing the, the ship is really hard, but everybody also has an individual responsibility to say, okay, well, hold on. Just why? Yeah. So ask a few more questions, think about things. And, and I, I, I think a lot of times, especially with managements of any company, they've got a reason they want to do something. They know the reason why, but they don't want to tell you that reason why only because you're going to go, what do you mean? It's, it's, I'm checking a box. Like there's no meaningful change for this. No, it's because we have to do it because, you know, HQ has said, we need to know that so many, how many people are doing something. And so I need you to do this for me so that I can say that we did it. And then you've just killed innovation and yeah. engagement. And <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. So I think sometimes we create problems, and we're like, "Well, how'd that get there? Do you really want me to explain that? <laughs> like, just go back upstream." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, my my really, it's a deep hope that I have. Partly, it's selfish for myself, but I just think we're at this 
tipping point. And as you say, this ship, we probably have another year where we could do things differently and set it different and mm. keep it different. And it's not just doing a favor to your employees. You're not doing us a favor. You're going to benefit. In fact, yeah. I think organizations as a whole can benefit because I will be so loyal to you. I will be engaged, but also this is, you know, bigger markets for you, yeah. uh, more service offerings, more greater PR value, you know, whatever. Like we can all benefit from this, yeah. but it just requires us to go, why are we doing this? Yeah. Can we do it differently? Can we do better? So then why don't we just do that? Try it. Like, Give it a try. Why don't we just do that? Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, I, I think there's, there's uh, Linda Gratton, author from London School of Economics and her book, Hot Spots. Excellent book. Okay. And the, the creating a, a mentality of change, creating mentality of action. Mm. Not what it's about, but that's what it's about. Okay. And everything that she talks about with all these case studies in this book are, are about project management with di with pro with people involved in projects that aren't in the same place. And the, the, the key thing that works when, when she writes about it and she shows, you know, these, these organizations that are succeeding is one, you're, you're willing to try something and you put a, you put a limit on it. You say, okay, for two months, we're going to try, let's try this other thing for two months. Let's go all in. Yeah. And at the end of two months, we're going to, we're going to spend a week examining what did we do and if it worked let's keep going and if it didn't work let's retool but we know that we're gonna we're gonna work hard and do something for this finite period of time when it ends and it moves forward and everyone is involved in that process and it's meaningful involvement and i think it because everyone knows this is the goal we were, we're seeing can we restructure what we're doing can we become that new organization and, and you know she's and she was dealing with all sorts of you know multinationals so it wasn't uh, geared towards one group but it it worked every single time and i think you're right it's this idea of this this mindset willingness to change and willingness to go, oh, yeah, that didn't work. Okay, yeah. well, whatever. It didn't work. <laughs> like, it did work. Fine. So let's do something else. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. I think sometimes people are just afraid to say something didn't work. They think it's a personal failure because yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a director. I'm supposed to know what to do. Dude, you're human. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, you've got kids. You've got a wife. You've got a husband. You, you know, it, you're... It's fine. Nobody's expecting you to be the expert. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And I think it's a perfect time to experiment. If, it, if all else fails, blame it on COVID. Yeah. Like, that, honestly, well, it. it's, it's a great time to experiment because everybody's kind of expecting everything's going to fail at the moment. So you've got your built-in excuse right there. Well, and what, what I love is when I look at businesses, again, across the board, whether it's looking at, at what I do in education, what my wife does in education, what I see at the malls and see a different, there, there's, there's a whole level where the work is getting done. The mm -hmm. core things are still getting done. Yep. Which sort of to me, as you say, reimagine it. We've got that. You've got the golden opportunity. You've got the permission. Like the, the core function is working. Yeah. So now let's start. We have nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. We it's haven't <laughs> lost anything. The work's <laughs> no. been done. So can we push the needle a little bit more yeah. and make it better? And make it better for tomorrow. I, I think the challenge we face is we've gone down this path of, you know, you think about the industrial revolution. Mm. What, what was it pushing for? Condensed living? bringing everyone from the country into the city, which clearly, you know, goes right against social distancing. And right? now we're all, we're all finding who's the cottage house. How do well, I yeah, you, you look at France, they got, their numbers are through the roof, right? Like 10,000 people a day. It's like, oh my, and, but what, where's the solace in that? So many people from Paris have moved out of Paris. They've gone to the country and kind of going, Back to farm living. Yep. I need a horse. Yep. And, and you're kind of going, oh. so we've, we've kind of built ourselves into this challenge 
of, well, we got highly density, you know, high density living and our entire economies are built around this and, you know, jam packed factories where a lot of people come in and the, you know, you know, abattoirs, forget about those. I mean, you ever, oh, you, you see the stuff, the number of outbreaks in abattoir, well, abattoirs. Calgary, you're yeah. in Alberta. You're and it's, else. it's because everyone's so close together mm. and it's like, because because the economics of a mom and pop operation, well, they're really good. We've we've kind of priced it out of the business. We got to re, we, so we have this opportunity to rethink everything. And I think a part of that rethinking is the hard side of it. Is okay. What am I going to do with the office tower that I just put up that I planned for five years? I've now got it all amortized. I've built it. Billions for it. Yeah. And now what am I going to, how am I going to work that? Because I'm supposed to have 500 families living in it. And you're telling me, James, that maybe what you need to do is vertical agriculture and repurpose it. And they're kind of going, yeah, but that was never in the plan. I say, maybe it is in the plan now. Yeah. <laughs> and change is costly. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. So if you've got, you know... I'm thinking back to organizations, less to residential, but all these office towers full of people and now yeah. they're all empty, um, you may lose money there, but if you don't, you'll just lose it over time anyway. Yeah. So either way, yeah. something's got to give, but if you plan it out and change it, at least you're choosing it. That's giving us permission. We just, I, I, I always bring it right back to that core thing. So, someone needs to give us permission or we need to give ourselves permission and collective permission to start thinking differently and start asking those questions, I think, yeah. which is, you know, that's, that's a dangerous thing. It is. <laughs> and people don't like it. And no. I think it's a bit of a Canadian thing. We're such like I can't say the word on <laughs> word disturbers. <laughs> My answer to thing is no. Okay, well maybe convince me, but no, just because I can say no. <laughs> but but yeah, I think, and I've noticed that you know I push back against things because I, I want people to go. Why does she always push back? Like, it's not about me. It's about why are you doing what you're doing, yeah. um, and it's about this realization that we can choose. We're not these creatures of habit. We can choose. And it's just simply, let's think about what we're doing. And it's not because I want more than you. Again, we're all going to benefit from this. And let's stop fooling ourselves. What was there before was not necessarily working. Yeah. So if we can do it better, I don't understand why we would not. And we've got some tools to do it. We've got, yeah. we've got a possibility to do it. And... Anything else we got to get on your list there? No. <laughs> Do we get it all together? <laughs> <laughs> I've done my list. I've done my yellow little chicky. Yeah. No, I, I think it, notes, yeah. I mean, I, I think we, it, it's exciting because oh, we have, too. we have these possibilities. And I think for others, it's, it's terrifying because yeah. I like the way it is and I like the way it was. Well, you know what? It's, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it is. It'll never be exactly like it was. No. And I know that people often, again, going with COVID, they go, well, the Spanish flu. Said, but what year was the Spanish flu in? Yeah. The whole way we lived was very different then and now. And and life changed after the Spanish flu as well. Yeah. It didn't go back to normal either. No. So. Yeah. And I think the scary, the scary thing for me is when you sit and talk to researchers and folks about COVID-19 and they say, you know what? We, we could just be at the tip of the iceberg for the number of viruses that are, you know, COVID-20, COVID-21 yeah. that are lingering and waiting to break that threshold that are because all of these viruses haven't stopped and they're ingenious looking for a weak, a weak point. And they're mutating. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, it, the, the whole thought terrified me at the beginning. And, but then I thought, oh, wait, <laughs> this could be really cool. And yeah. I think we need to find our cool spot and to, 
to look we have to roll with it and people are still holding their breath waiting for things to go back to normal it's not going to happen yeah. on that note I know on that cheerful been, note yeah. on that cheerful note I think I think we have been cheerful though I think, I that, think so too I think we talked a lot about a lot of cool stuff change is good yeah that's it change is good change Dr. Is Louise good. Lambert said it psychology professor at United Arab Emirates University I'm James Pikeaway music for this show by archesaudio.com podcast coming to you from the Rolf Hotel podcast suite and it's called Catching Up and I think we saw I think we solved all the world's problems Canadian yes, style totally <laughs> let's go have a in burgers get in touch with us podaholics with a k at gmail.com let us know what you thought on whatever stream you're listening give us a rating and you know head podaholics see what else is out there talk to you again soon